Good morning, everyone. It's Monday, September 11th. I'm Ben Berkley here with Sarah Friedman and special guest Sam Parr. And this is The Hustle Daily Show. Things will go back to normal for tomorrow's show. But for today, we are once again coming to you from Boston, more specifically from the floor of Inbound, HubSpot's annual conference for people who, quote, work in marketing. It's been days. We're still not sure what the hell anyone does for a job, but that riddle isn't about to change our plans for today. We're gonna talk about hotels. Perhaps you've heard of them. The hospitality industry obviously had a rough COVID, seemingly rebounding right now. We're looking actually not even at the past, not looking at the present. We're going into the future here. We're gonna talk about a recent McKinsey report that talks about uh, the hotel industry in the 2030s. You may not watch the NFL, that's fine, but it's everywhere, so you probably know. We got a new football season going on right now, just kicked off. If you're wondering how the league's financial picture is these days, I got some numbers to throw at you. The average NFL team value has risen to 5.1 billion. Last season, the average team revenue hit 581 million. We're talking about an aggregate value of the league's teams. It almost matches exactly the combined value of every NBA team and Major League Baseball team. So just want to speak to the juggernaut that is the NFL. Does for NFL have more revenue? Yes. Well, that's crazy because there's only, I don't know about football, <laughs> is it, but there's only nine games, right? There are more than nine, but there are not that many. I mean, they definitely have a much smaller, much shorter season, but they are also, let's look at broadcasting for a second. This is a league that accounted for 82 of last year's 100 most watched TV programs. Um, football? Football. Yeah. We're, they're, they're broadcasting deals right now. In the next decade, the minimum amount that they're going to earn, there are a lot of triggers that can make this go higher. The minimum amount they're going to make $125.5 billion on their broadcasting deals alone. And that's, that's before insane. you talk about ticket sales or merch or whatever they're doing. So just wanted to speak as the, the football season getting going to how absolutely absurd this league is economically. But, and maybe you're going to have to dig really deep for this. Seems like that's kind of where we're headed. What excites you both most about this football season? Sarah, what do you got? I mean, I cannot speak to the sport, to be honest, but I like snacks being normalized. <laughs> like I want to be able to eat a whole bowl of guacamole on a Sunday. And I feel that during football season, that's okay. It's not frowned upon. So that's what I'm looking at. It's, it's, it's encouraged. What am I lo most yeah, looking for? Death, uh, <laughs> concussions, uh, CTE, <laughs> the good stuff. No, I hate football. I don't want, I feel so, I feel horrible watching. I don't like, I mean, look, like watching a bunch of 300 pound guys run full speed at each other and hitting their heads. Like, yeah, it's kind of like seeing a car wreck, but I don't want to like, I, it, it, it hurts my heart to see these guys get hurt. And so I don't like watching it for that reason. So I actually would have thought my prediction would have been five years ago that would have gotten less popular because yeah. of like CTE and things like that. I'm way off on that prediction. They got in bet any money on that one. It seemed to be tracking that way for a minute. And then I feel like there was also, they kind of got roped into culture wars that seemed to also maybe damage the brand a little bit. They're doing okay right now. They're just making money hand over fist. We're gonna move on from football though to the most important topic of all topics, Gen Z. A lot of companies are out there trying to stay relevant by putting together Gen Z advisory boards. We learned this from a recent Inc. article that also introduced us to the job title ZEO, that's Z as in zebra, 
Sarah, can you tell us what's at stake for brands? Are you Gen Z? Gen Z. No, I'm a proud millennial. All right, nice. So we can talk openly here. No one will get offended. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot at stake because Gen Z had an estimated 360 billion in disposable income as of 2021. And the share of the market is projected to increase 48% by 2030. So there's serious money at play. Like we might joke about Gen Z, but they have major spending power. So brands are trying to get in on that. And they're doing so by making Gen Z advisory boards that can help brands stay in touch with their customers and weigh in on things like naming products, pricing, and kind of keep them cool in the eyes of young consumers. So do, do you guys have any Gen Z employees? Not currently on The Hustle. I just hired a Gen Z person. I think it's the first, what, what, what is, how old is a Gen Z person? What's the eldest? It's 25. 25? Six. I just right. hired one. Yeah. I'm, I'm nervous. In one of her photos, she's wearing Carhartt, ironically, and she lives in Brooklyn. <laughs> it makes me nervous. Yeah. I'm nervous because of all the stereotypes about Gen Z. I think I'll be proven wrong. See, um, this is why you need a Gen Z advisory board. I've just hired one. <laughs> you have to check in with her. She'll tell you what you can say, what will get you canceled, what you need to know. Yeah, to like, stay they, cool. like I've talked to her a little bit. She's helped me a lot, like understand some of the phrases in yeah. with TikTok, like the word ick. You know what ick means? Of course. Yeah, just learn what that meant. <laughs> so I'm learning, but I hear that they're earning a lot of money. I'm eager to see if that's actually going to be true for the next decade. I, we're definitely going to find out. The one thing I am relieved of is that I will never in my life have to aspire to a CEO position. This is just like not me. And that is great because I would never want to introduce myself that way to anyone. So I was reading this book. Uh, Robert Greene wrote this book and he's a historian. And he was explaining about one of one of the earliest bits of writing that humans discovered was this piece of art that was explaining that the generation before them or the younger generation was lazy and useless and they didn't care about learning. And that it's a, it's a tale as old as time where we're always gonna hate on the generation you know that comes after us. We're always gonna say that they're lazy and we're always gonna say that they're ungrateful mm-hmm. and all this stuff. This is a very common trap to fall into of hating that. So it's, I think most of, the, most of this, the stereotypes, even when I joke, I think are gonna be nonsense. I, I feel that. Anyway, let's move on to our top story, hotels. Sarah, you live here in Boston. You're just living your normal life this week and truly very happy for you. Sam, I think we are both in hotels. I'm staying at the AC. Wow. I'm in the haunted hotel. Oh, we, yeah. That's a no, whole my other hotel, podcast. It's just a normal hotel. Um, it's, it, it barely earns the H over the M motel. That's <laughs> one of those places. It's amazing. It, yeah. Well, if we want to register our complaints about hotels, now is kind of actually the time to do it. There was this McKinsey report earlier this summer projecting the hotel of the future. Obviously, when McKinsey says jump, most industries are going to kind of say like on what creaky king size hotel bed. I think that this is like a trillion plus dollar industry. And so they're going to be looking at how they can evolve into the future. This report's going to kind of probably lay down a template. So, Sarah, can you tell us what's in this report? Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff. The first was a lot about differentiation, customization. So instead of a Marriott feeling the same in every single city, it will reflect its geography more. Like you'll be very aware that you're in Jamaica or you're in Arizona. And customization as well within the hotel room. So like everything from the intensity of the lights to the type of coffee that's waiting for you. But I felt like the really exciting stuff was in regards to automation. 
So there were mentions of even the hotel room itself, the furniture moving around so that you could use it to have friends over. You could use it to go to sleep. It would know when you were in the room and it would adjust the temperature accordingly, both to save energy and to make it comfortable for you. And even things along the lines of booking your room using virtual reality to be able to actually walk through prior. So a lot of interesting things, but overall I'd say it's about making it more of a custom experience rather than just walking into a cookie cutter room. Have you guys seen Matterport? You know what that is? No. So Matterport, it's a company and they make rooms 3D. So when you're buying a home or looking at an apartment, you get like that, like someone walks around with like that 3D camera and you like see. So here's what's interesting. Airbnb did a test where they used Matterport and some of their listings. And I think Zillow and a few others did that. Do you think the conversion rate of those listings went up or down? My inflection is leading you on. It it, it is. My inflection is leading you on. So I gave it away. (laughs) Plummeted. Wow. So it went down significantly. So I actually think that I I originally thought that those types of like, you know, VR, 3D renderings for hotel rooms would be cool. They ruin your conversion rate, actually. Right when COVID hit, I remember I was with Trung, I think, at our office. We were writing for Trends, something the hustle owns, where we make like predictions on what's going to happen. We do these in-depth reports. I had made a prediction that I still think is going to be true, but it's not come true yet. Trends reinvent themselves. So Gen Z right now, if you notice, they dress like Kurt Cobain. <laughs> like they look like 90s fashion is in. Yes. You know, like those like those thin glasses or those, what are totally. those shoes that women used to wear in the TV show Clueless? You know what I'm talking about. Like cool girls in the 90s would wear them. Anyway, one of those things that I think is going to come back and be popular is a classic motel where you get the key with a little keychain on there. And I've always thought that that could be a big business because a lot of these are mom and pop businesses. Their kids likely don't want to take them over. And so like someone can come in and and create like a really nice motel chain experience because a lot of motels, I stay at motels all the time because I take tons of road trips. They're horrible. They're bad. And there's something about the roadside motel that is very nostalgic and very American. And like another thing on TikTok that kids love is like dressing like they're Victorian. Have you seen this? Yes. Like they love Victorian. I wish I had it. Or they'll do like fake videos as if they're like graduated high school in 98 and they like don't have their cell phone and they like walk around the school and they try to make it look old. Yeah. I've always thought that motels should be one of them, particularly the roadside motel. And I think that's going to be popular, but it has not come true yet. And by the way, boutique hotels typically in my experience have cost equal or sometimes less than the bigger hotels significantly better experience. Yeah. Totally agree. I, I mean, I'm ready to just toss McKinsey right out of there and just like, this is like the Sam. The they Sam need part, a ZEO uh, is what yeah, they need. They, <laughs> that damn right they do. Everyone does. Uh-huh. They uh, need that ZEO. <laughs> I think that to your point, there is, as we're talking about the future of hotels, there's, there's so much back to basics that needs to be accounted for first where, you know, like this is way less sexy than the automation stuff that McKinsey's talking about, but like a consistent part of my own hotel experience or communications. Like I always have bad cell phone reception. I always have terrible Wi-Fi. Like, you know, obviously that's fine when I'm traveling for a vacation. If I'm traveling for work, that's not gonna, that's not gonna cut it. So I think that they're gonna have to continue to invest in just making the core modern experience good in so many different places that I, it's hard to imagine they'd be able to drum up enough capital to do that and also do all these things that are in this report. And get rid of like all the technology. We, we need a hotel that's got a big block TV with a VCR. I'm telling you, man. Oh, we're going backwards. Yes. I'm <laughs> okay. saying it, everything repeats itself. Like, uh, do you guys watch your TV in your hotel room? 
I do actually. You do? I don't. It's, really? It's sound. It's like yeah. It's Be normal. Sound. Use your phone. Lay in bed. You, your, your spouse iPad. can. You yeah. put you and your spouse go butt to butt, and you're both are leaning over looking at your own iPad. Oh, you don't share a screen. Oh. We prop up an iPad in the middle. Yeah. Be normal. I don't okay. need a TV. <laughs> I, I, don't even look I, at your I spouse. I definitely <laughs> wish I could be normal. Uh, yeah. No. It, I don't that's look another at the TV. podcast episode entirely. <laughs> um, I'll also just say one thing that it really intrigues me from this report is probably the thing that also scares me the most which is this customization of experience that we're talking about where like, okay, so they might know the coffee that I buy at home and then have that waiting for me. Sounds nice. Sure. It, you know, it might kind of like look at my location data. Oh, you're not like, a Folgers guy? Nah, a pack of, a pack Trader, of Folgers? Trader Trader is anyone right a Folgers here. guy? Well, that's what they usually have in hotels. <laughs> that's like a, a crappy pack of Folgers <laughs> that you got to figure out how to like pour the water on top of and that stupid coffee maker and the plastic's always falling uh, off on no, top. No, but have you seen, I've heard that flight attendants wash their undergarments in those coffee makers. I've seen it enough on TikTok that I'm never, ever making coffee in a hotel room. Yeah, I mean, I'm freaked out by the germs in, yeah. in hotel rooms big time. Well, so, sorry to spoil no, no, that no. I mean, I, I promise I wasn't going to do did that McKinsey anyway. Did McKinsey have a section on hygiene? N to my knowledge, they did not. Ugh. No, but, but now we have. we have a lot of complaints to file with but them. But I, so I do think we'll one thing that. they didn't get into is really just that privacy component where I'm talking about like, okay, so they're trying to customize it. They're trying to take all this data that they're going to gain on you and then turn it into like, oh, they, we just saw that you walked 25 minutes and we know it's hot outside. So we're going to, you're going to get inside. Your room's going to be an ice box. And like that, again, like that sounds like a very premium experience, but what are they going to do with that? Like, is that going to be safe data? Like, do I trust Marriott to protect all of my data? Probably not. Yeah. At this point, I have surrendered with trying to protect my data. And I say, like, if you can give me a quieter room because you know I'm a light sleeper, take my data. Yeah, man. I just scanned <laughs> my hand to pay at an Amazon store the other day. And then I stabbed myself and gave some blood and sent it off to something to tell me what food I'm allergic to, man. They know more about me than I do. Once you're giving away your blood, it's over. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like after I did 23andMe, like, I just can't commit a crime anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's got to be very hard. That's what I think about all the time. That's what they call the Golden State Killer. Yeah, we're, we're screwed anyway. Yeah, I'm screwed. So that's why I don't necessarily care about the data thing too much because I, I just, I used my fingerprint to buy a mango yesterday. <laughs> so like, come on. <laughs> uh, giving it away for less. They know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we can top Sam buying a, a mango with his fingerprints and also you got to get running. We're going to call it right there. I think if I'm not mistaken, HubSpot's going to like dye the Charles River orange or something yeah. to mark the end of inbound. We're not going to miss that. <laughs> That's it. Thank you for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. Got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email, and we will see you tomorrow.